I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's April 8, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 82. In this episode, I'll be talking about how to cut properly. That means not doing any kind of extreme starvation diet. We'll dive into that one there. And then I'll talk about how useful resistance bands can be, especially if you're someone who might be intimidated by the gym or just want to do a little bit of exercise at home. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. First off, I got to say I had probably one of the worst training weeks of my life this past week. So let's hope that your week went a lot better than mine. This all started, I think it was Thursday. I ate something bad. I'm still not sure exactly what it was. Maybe it was McDonald's chicken nuggets. It could have been some homemade cookies or banana bread that I had, maybe chocolate milk. I honestly have no idea, but whatever it was, it basically screwed up my whole week of training and not only my training, but I've been feeling pretty weak for this past week now. So on Thursday, I spent almost nine hours on the floor. This is last Thursday, not yesterday. So I spent almost nine hours on the floor in pain. My stomach was just hurting. I had abdominal pain. And it might be TMI, but I was throwing up and had diarrhea also. I was 1,000%. I was in the negative net calories for that day. I was having Gatorade and then throwing it all up like a half hour later. That was just an awful day. I hope to never have that happen again. So basically last Friday plus the weekend, I was probably under maintenance calories by at least 2,000 calories. I just couldn't eat anything. Even now, actually, I haven't fully got my appetite back, but I'm definitely feeling a lot better as of the morning of when this video goes live, so Friday morning. But every time I smelled something, it would just upset my stomach. I didn't throw up after the first day, but it took me until just a few days ago to really have an appetite for anything. I was trying to have some yogurt, some chicken noodle soup. I couldn't even finish like a single egg with a tiny bit of rice, which is like a staple meal for me. I even tried to have pizza one day, which was a bad idea. just wasn't a good look there for me. That being said, after multiple days of having no appetite, barely eating anything, I barely lost any weight. So just, I don't know, it's just something to keep in mind that it's not always about calories in versus calories out when we're talking about how your weight changes on a day-to-day basis. If you were to go by the whole calories in versus calories out method, I should have been down at least two to five pounds after what I went through, but I was pretty much the same weight the whole week. So it just goes to show you that you can't really just rely on that method all the time. Your body, sometimes it just works in mysterious ways. It was probably using all of my nutrients, whatever was inside of me to try to get me to recover as quickly as possible. 
Even though it seemed like it took forever living in the moment to recover, I'm sure my body was doing its best to just get rid of all the, uh, maybe the toxins or whatever else was upsetting my stomach and the rest of my body. So yeah, I've been feeling super weak all week. It's been more than a week now. I did work out a few days this week, but my workouts were half-assed, I guess. If you look at what I did on paper, I was doing like 75% of my usual weights on exercises, and that was already a struggle. I was getting tired and just gassed pretty quick, basically, but I just had to go in there and do a little bit of something. That's all that you need to do if you're recovering from some kind of sickness, or maybe it's COVID, or whatever it may be. In my case, a little stomach virus that's a little bit still lingering around. It's been a week now though, and the last two workouts were pretty good actually. Like I said, the strength isn't there, the cardio isn't there, I'm getting tired quicker than usual and early into my workouts, but I can feel myself slowly getting back to normal. I'm feeling much better than last week where I couldn't even stand for more than a few minutes at a time. I wasn't eating a lot and I wasn't moving a lot either, so my back was like it was getting really tight for a bit there. Uh, This week was supposed to be a good training week and it just didn't work out that way. Man, I don't know what's going on. After a good run to end 2021 there, it's been a rough start to 2022 in terms of my own training, but that's just something I've had to deal with. In January, the gyms were closed, so I spent the past two months or so getting my body back to normal, and then this happens. That's just the way life goes. Luckily, my clients are on track to do big things this year, which always makes me so happy. Enough about that though, I got lots of stuff to do today, so I gotta bang out this episode pretty quick here. So let's talk about two more things before we dive into the fitness topics for the week. So March Madness came to an end this week, the finals were this past weekend, it was North Carolina versus Kansas. And I don't know if you know this about me, but growing up I always wanted to go to North Carolina. Maybe not necessarily to study, but I at least wanted to visit the campus because Jordan went there. And also Vince Carter, who was like someone I really admired growing up because he played for the Raptors and he basically put Toronto on the map. I didn't watch much of the these finals though. I was studying for a new certification, but I had it on in the background. At halftime, I ended up going to bed because North Carolina was up by like 15 already at halftime. But I guess Kansas ended up coming back because... I think they were down by 16 at one point, but they came all the way back to win the game, which must have been insane to see live. That's a huge way to win the championship game with everyone watching. So congratulations to Kansas on that win. The highlights were intense when I watched them. Huge comeback win. They need to start paying those athletes. And last but not least, another award show this past Sunday. Maybe not as much hype or as much memes going around since Will and Chris Rock weren't there, but yeah, it was the Grammys. Another pretty good show, actually. Some of the performances were pretty good, but again, I wasn't 100% paying attention to it. They were on the same night, this and the March Madness finals, if I remember correctly. But yeah, that was a good day for Olivia Rodrigo, who pretty much won every category she was named in. I saw she won three awards, but dropped one after the show and broke one, just like her idol, Taylor Swift, did like 12 years ago. Yeah, that was an article I came across this past week, so that just shows you how much time I was on the internet at home to come across something like that. Anyways, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack absolutely crushed. 
sweeping the show. I think they won four awards. If you haven't listened to that album, go do it after this episode. I still have that one on repeat up to now. So good. The biggest news, though, is that so many Filipinos won awards. Bruno Mars is Filipino. Olivia Rodrigo is half. And even her won an award. She's a bit Filipino, too. So that was super cool to see. Filipinos have just been taken over these past few years. You love to see it. Question one. How to cut properly. Now that April has officially kicked off, there's been a few warm days outside, and that means summer is just around the corner. Hopefully there's no more snow on the way up here in Canada, but you never know. But as the weather does get warmer, that could mean some beach days, maybe some days in the pool for a few mo- uh, in a few months, sorry. But before that happens, you might think it's a good idea to trim down a bit. That's what people usually do, slim down, get leaner for the summer, so it's not as embarrassing when you take off your shirt. I mean, you've been telling people that you've been working out, so it could be time to show off some of that hard work you've been putting in. So before you start doing some kind of crash diet or going keto, going vegan, and hating your life in a few weeks, I think there's a few things that I can talk about that should make the cut as easy as possible for you. Now listen, it's not going to be easy. Losing weight and getting leaner, it's a form of starvation. You're in a calorie deficit, which means you're eating less than what you're spending throughout the day. No matter what, that's going to be difficult. There are going to be times that'll be tough. You'll have to get used to the feeling of being hungry at times, but there are some things that you can do to make things easier for you without the need to do anything extreme. Now, first, your diet is going to be the most important part about all of this. Yes, you could lose weight by starving yourself by eating a thousand calories a day or something crazy like that, but that's really going to be building a bad relationship with food, and you're going to be putting yourself in a tough place because you're likely going to be missing out on nutrients that your body needs to function properly and efficiently. If you're thinking about long-term progress, that's not sustainable in the long run, eating a thousand calories a day. Just think about what you're going to do eight weeks from now. Because if you're eating such low calories, there's really nowhere to go from there. So when your weight starts to plateau, there's really nowhere to go from there. You, can, you can't just cut more calories or just walk or run more all the time. You can't really just keep cutting and cutting calories if you're starting out already super low calories. So let's tackle the diet side of things first before anything. I mentioned it already, but your calories are going to have to be uh, lower than your maintenance. This is true pretty much like 99% of the time. And if you've been tracking your calories, this should, uh, sorry, you should have a good idea about what your maintenance calories looks like. If your maintenance calories is something like 2,500 calories, um, that means you maintain your current body weight if you eat 2,500 calories every day on average throughout the week. So that means to lean down, you're going to have to eat a little bit less than that. So knowing that roughly 3,500 calories is going to be equal to a pound of body fat, and again, that number is going to be different for everyone based on age, sex, body composition, lifestyle, etc., But if 3,500 is roughly a pound of fat and you're aiming to lose a pound per week, depending on how much weight you need to lose, then it's reasonable reasonable to be around a 500 calorie deficit daily to lose weight that'll be more sustainable over time. So if your maintenance calories is 2,500 calories, 
cutting out 200 to 500 calories would be a good start at first. No need to go straight to something like 1500 calories or something if you're going to change multiple variables, which I'll talk about later. So planning ahead of time uh, what you're going to eat to consume, let's say maybe 2200 calories daily is something you should do on whatever food tracking app you're using. Like I said earlier, no need to cut too many calories out of your diet because that could mean low energy and lack of nutrients. And if that were to happen during the cut, you want to be you want to be more low energy towards the end of your cut, not at the beginning. But usually I don't advise my clients to get super lean to the point of super low energy. No need for that for the average person. So now that you got your ideal daily calories that you're going to eat, what about the macros? We're talking about fats, proteins, carbs. What does that look like? In terms of fats, you should pretty much keep it around the same. It should be somewhere between 20 to 30% of your total calories. It shouldn't change that much. So no, don't just go on a no-fat diet in order to lose weight. Fat is actually super important in your diet because your brain uses fats for energy. Fat is also used to keep your nails and hair and your skin looking right. So your fat should generally be the same when you're cutting and bulking. Maybe you cut them down a little bit, but nothing crazy. And I'll talk about some small dietary changes that you can make to cut a bit of fat while maintaining another macronutrient that should be a similar number, and that's protein. Protein should be around the same grams that you're eating. Some people may say to go double your weight in pounds and grams and of protein so as a 150 pound male you'd eat 300 grams of protein i think that seems excessive so again i say it all the time around your body weight in pounds that should be how much you're consuming in grams so if you're 180 pounds you should be aiming for 180 grams of protein in your diet every day but there's a range there at least 0.6 grams to 1 gram uh, to your body weight in pounds. Some studies have shown that increasing it a tiny bit more than usual could be beneficial to keep your muscle as you lean down, but not a crazy dramatic increase. It might help increasing a pro, uh, increasing your protein a little bit though, but you'll have to try that out for yourself and see what that feels like for you in terms of retaining your muscle. This all changes based on the individual. So if you're 180 pounds Anything over 140 grams of protein should be plenty, really. An easy way to manipulate one of your meals from a bulking meal to a cutting meal. Let's talk about uh, switching from chicken thighs. That's bone in, skin on. You might do that in the off season when you're bulking. Switching to a leaner option there would cut out a bit more fat there, but it'll keep your protein around the same. So it's a bit tougher to cook, but after a few attempts, you should be able to make that taste good. So switching to a skinless thigh portion would be a good alternative there for whatever meal. Extra lean beef instead of lean beef. That pretty much tackles the job when it comes to eating lower fat while keeping protein the same. So if fats and proteins are around the same as when you're bulking, but you're supposed to be cutting calories, there has to be some sort of sacrifice, right? Well... This is why we're going to have to talk about carbs, which is the big one to manipulate. Most of the reduction should come from here. Your carb intake is the one that's going to have to change. Like I said, you never need to cut it out completely. It's all about just reducing the carb intake that you already have. If you're tracking, it's a lot easier to figure out exactly how many carbs you're going to have to cut out, but 
it could be around 50 to 100 grams of carbs to cut out to start with for most people. There's no need to do any drastic diets, something like no carbs or only fat, no fat, low fat, whatever, maybe keto, no need for that. This is going to be the most sustainable way. Changing your whole diet all at once, it likely won't stick. So just changing and manipulating foods that you already eat, that's going to make the weight loss journey a lot easier. So if you're cutting carbs, you can basically keep your plate the same as before. You just have to cut your carb source a little bit from every meal. So that might mean half the pasta, half the rice, something like that. If you notice that you're still hungry because of the uh, reduced carbs in your meals, filling the rest of your plate with vegetables, having some fruit, that'll keep you full since there's going to be a lack of carbs on your plate. Regardless though, there are times where you'll have to get used to the feeling of hunger. That's because cutting and losing weight is going to be a form of starvation. I think I said that earlier. Another thing that will help here are to eat mainly whole foods. Whole foods are going to be key. Potatoes are going to be much more filling than something like french fries are, or having a sweet potato versus some hash browns. And I'm getting hungry just talking about all this food now that I... Uh, now that I'm talking about this, and I just had my post-workout meal too. But getting back on track, okay, fruits and veggies are important to finish up your dish because there's fiber intake there. That'll help keep you fuller longer, will help your digestion. Uh, it might not seem like a lot of food if you're just going to eat a single apple and some berries, but you'll, you might actually notice that you'll get much fuller on those compared to having a chocolate bar or chips or whatever processed foods you could have there. So when that's tackled, the diet side of things, that's when you can start to toss in the exercise. That'll also help you get into that calorie deficit that we're looking for that you need to lean down. Now, it shouldn't be the main thing to change. You don't have to do hours of cardio every day, but some cardio may be necessary. More movement is going to be likely necessary. Uh, when you were bulking, you shouldn't have been doing too much cardio, but if you're in a cutting state, then you got to move more now than compared to the bulking or the off-season phase. That'll contribute to you getting into that calorie deficit that you're looking for. Like I said, diet is the first thing to take care of, and then you go into the cardio and the ass, uh, exercise to burn more calories. During the off-season, maybe when you're bulking, you do maybe no cardio, or maybe you'll do 15 to 20 minutes, whatever it may be. As you start the cut, you can actually keep that the same, but instead you're going to manipulate your speed or your incline if we're talking about the treadmill. If you're keeping the time the same, but making it faster or more difficult by increasing the incline, then that'll mean you're burning more calories because you're, I mean, you're working harder and you're not having to spend more time on the treadmill. That might work for you. Another method there, you can keep the speed and incline the same, but just spend more time on the treadmill. That's up to you, really, whatever works for your schedule or just that day. But there are some quick options there, or those are some quick options for you. Remember, though, don't put too much pressure on yourself when it comes to getting super shredded or getting those six-pack abs for the summer. It's not the end of the world if you don't reach your ideal body this year. Just keep your expectations low so you won't be disappointed. At the same time, though, work friggin' hard when you can, okay? 
a combination of cardio and diet is, I mean, that's going to be the key right there. You don't need to lean super hard in one way. A little bit of a combination between both will be helpful. I don't mean adding a whole extra hour of cardio and then cutting thousands of calories. You don't want to do that all at once. So, I mean, realistically, cutting a few hundred calories out of your diet and moving a bit more throughout the day, maybe an extra 15 minutes of cardio to start. And then, I mean, just go from there. Just see what your weight trend looks like throughout the week and then see if you need to push it any further. Something else that could help during the cut is changing your workout programming. This could help also um, with a new phase of eating and cutting. This could be a good idea to change your programming. Could be a good time to do that. Uh, I like to work in higher reps during the off season for more hypertrophy. That way, it's good to time your workout phase so that when you are starting, maybe a few weeks into the cut, you might start to plateau at a point like that. So then it could be a good time to change what your workouts look like. I like to time it where I go into a strength phase a few weeks into my cut. So I'm still pushing heavy weight. That's more than what I'm used to in my training, but I quickly see strength gains there because my training usually isn't centered around doing three to six reps. So that could help me put on muscle there. It's a new stimulus for your body, something new for the CNS to work on and adapt to, which could potentially mean more muscle that you keep during your cut and maybe even a slight increase to muscle gain even while in a cut, which is difficult scientifically, but it might make you feel that way. That's pretty much it there. A pretty quick guide that should help you through the cutting process in the easiest way possible. Small changes go a long way, so just be patient with the weight loss. Half a pound a week. If you lose half a pound a week, that's still great progress, especially if you're someone under, I don't know, 175, 150 pounds. That's still a good sign if you're losing half a pound a week. If you think that you need uh, longer to get to your goal, then you sh probably should have started the cut earlier so you know for next time. And you might have to cut longer than expected to get to your weight goal. And you can easily manipulate any of these variables anytime. So don't just be so strict where you're running your life like a robot if that's not the way you want to live. Question two, why resistance bands are so underrated? So first off, I love resistance bands. They're awesome and they're so versatile. I always have them in my bag. Sometimes they'll be great to use during a warm-up. When the gyms were closed, these were important because they're lightweight, they can fit anywhere, but you can hit the whole body with them with a pretty good workout because of the varying degrees of resistance from the bands. Now, resistance bands, the question I always get with them is, how can you get a workout with just bands? They're just elastic. Is that really going to help you build muscle or get stronger? And this is exactly why they're so underrated. If you're comparing them to free weights, dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, yeah, they might be second fiddle there, but they're definitely better than doing nothing at all. And they may even excel at some aspects of training. And I'll get into that later. So yeah, compared to free weights, no, you're not going to build max strength from doing a resistance band only workout, but it's definitely useful when it comes to improving proprioceptive demands. So that's like body awareness and stabilization. You also could build muscular endurance and joint stabilization, which is a huge key to staying injury free. 
It may not deliver or give you max strength, but it can still improve muscular strength since you are stimulating your muscle, albeit in a different way than your traditional training methods. And they're especially great for rehab. I use them on multiple occasions actually. When I injured my ankle, they were great to use to strengthen them and more recently with my shoulder dislocation. Early on, a few weeks after my injury, I couldn't raise my arm over my head in a shoulder press position. It would be weak, it would hurt, but when I did gain that range of motion once again and was able to get some movement in, the first thing I went to use were my super light resistance bands, the lightest ones I could find, and I practiced moving around my left shoulder or my left arm and strengthening slowly throughout the ranges of motion, and that was key to me recovering pretty quickly actually. And that's just from me personally. That's my own personal experience. They also helped when my clients use them also. This is pretty common knowledge here because they're not as difficult as free weights are. It's more of a beginner or it could be the start to some people's training. Again, great for stabilization and getting your body to move in a certain way with a bit of added resistance. They're also low cost too. They're so cheap for what they can offer you. You can challenge your body for much less than $50 for some high quality resistance bands that have a solid door attachment and varying bands with different resistances and band thickness. I'm pretty sure when I got mine it was $30 and that was one of the more expensive pairs that I found on Amazon with high reviews and they've lasted a long time so far. I have had one in the past snap on me but that was only after more than a year of me using them when there was already a hole in them and it was already ripping and I still kept using that one for almost a year after I mean after it was already ripping visibly I remember it was this purple one and that was the first resistance bands I ever bought it was one band one weight I bought that back in the day I think that alone costed me like $20 so These days, the choices out there are much better, quality is much better, and now it's even cheaper price for a higher quality item, and they're adjustable now, which is always super beneficial. So they're worth it. I'm sure these ones I currently have will last me at least 10 more years. They're still in perfect condition, and I use them at least once a week. I was was using them, sorry, a lot more when the gyms were closed. Uh, I got workouts with those twice a week. Plus, my clients use them nearly every day, so they've been through a lot and haven't shown any signs of wear and tear. 100% worth it. I'll have them in my future home gym just because they are so versatile. Okay, so one of the downfalls of the resistance bands, though, because they're not perfect in everything, it can be a bit tough to track exactly how much weight you're lifting because you can't really tell how much weight you're lifting with resistance bands. Yes, the bands come in 10 to 50 pound increments, or so the company says, but all that really means is that the band is thicker. That's all you really need to take into account there when it comes to the weight of whatever color band you're using is. You alter the weight by how much you're having to stretch the band. So if you're stepping on the band, the more that's in the middle during the bicep curl or something, the more resistance you have because... The band you're pulling on from your hand to the ground where you're stepping on it with your foot, the shorter that part of the band is, the heavier it'll become. So that's why you'll see people will have a loop in the middle where the band is so that it'll be heavier or it'll make the exercise more difficult. And this is a lot easier to visualize, I understand that, so there's probably some good videos about this on YouTube about exactly how to make resistance bands tougher for what specific exercise. 
So that being said, that's pretty much the gist of what uh, resistance bands can offer you. A full body workout at home, low cost, doesn't require much space at all. If you're stuck at home because of work or the family, you might have kids to take care of. Resistance bands are going to be great alternative workouts throughout the week. You can still have a good workout with these. So before I go, I'll just go over some great resistance bands exercises. And I'm just going to go through these pretty quickly since I've talked about these movements themselves before. I'll just talk about a quick way to set it up. Again, this might be easier to watch on YouTube, but let's go through probably the best exercises you can do with the bands if you want to construct your own workout using them. First off, squats, of course, always a good movement. You already know all the benefits. It's a lower body exercise, but it can really be a full body exercise if you're making them difficult. Bands will help you do that because jump squats are dangerous for most people if they've never done them before. And bodyweight squats could just be too easy for some people, so this is a happy medium. If you don't have weights that are heavy enough at home, bands can be a great substitute. You simply step on them. There should be a bit of tension when you're in the bottom of the squat. And then as you squat up and out of the movement, it'll get harder because you're fighting against the band lengthening. Now deadlifts, same thing with these, set these up from the ground, then explode from there. For this one, the loop might be bigger because you're deadlifting. It's another full body exercise, lots of muscles are involved, so the heavy set of bands might be of use to you here. Moving on to upper body, starting off with chest, of course you got your push-ups. If push-ups are too easy when you're just doing your body weight and you don't want to wear one of those stupid weight vests, here's something you can do to make it more challenging. It's one of the better chest exercises. At least that's what I think. Another one would be a movement with the door attachment in and then you kind of do a chest press or kind of like a chest fly. It works a little bit there also, but that might not be enough resistance. So the push-up method with the bands can be a great alternative. Something for back now could be rows. You basically just simply mimic the dumbbell rows with the bands. That's a pretty simple movement. And this could also be where you could do some kind of upright row, actually, because it's actually arguably safer with the bands than a barbell would be. Especially with the way most of us move today, this is surprisingly a pretty good movement because it's light enough where you won't hurt yourself, but you can still get a pretty good pump. And it's not just about weight, I've said it before, you can move slowly throughout this movement, and it's like a mobility drill, really. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Also, I think setting up the resistance bands for pull-ups could be a bit difficult, but, I mean, maybe try that one at your own risk. Alright, on to arms pretty quickly here, we could do curls. That one's pretty simple, you just step on the band and you curl. You have your adjustable resistance bands that makes it easier to figure out uh, exactly how much weight, maybe a green and an orange, I don't know. That's something you need to figure out to get to a challenging 8 to 20 reps or so. Yes, going the high rep route is also a good idea with the bands since they're not as challenging as dumbbells for the most part since it is like elastic weight. For the triceps, you can bang out some overhead tricep extensions. Those are great. For me, I feel like doing those one arm at a time, that's probably the best option there as opposed to doing them with both arms at the same time. But again, that's up to you. And we can't forget the shoulders. So let's talk about some overhead shoulder presses or extensions. 
This is probably one of my favorite movements with the bands actually. Overhead press for shoulders. I love these. You can really slow down the movement, pause at the bottom, explode from there. This one is actually really good and an underrated movement with the bands. When I dislocated my shoulder, this was 100% part of the rehab routine when it came to when it came to, sorry, getting it back to where it is now, which is basically no limitations at this point. Hurrah. <laughs> this one really gets your shoulder stabilizers uh, active, especially if you slow down the rep tempo, which I talked about more in depth in last week's episode. Alright, quickly, two more movements, which are actually more mobility work than actual muscle building exercises. So first, there's the anti-rotation wood chops, which are great because this is going to work that core, and you're rotating at the hip. I've seen too many injuries where people just turn quickly one way and then just get injured, even though this is someone who lifts and squats hundreds of pounds. Just turning and grabbing something in the backseat of your car while you're driving, that could potentially cause injury especially if you're grabbing something like your gym bag back there that might be heavy most of the gym uh, movements those muscle building movements they're done in one plane of uh, motion but wood chops are a movement that'll actually strengthen a new plane of motion for you so that'll help you prevent you sorry from getting those small nagging injuries that seem like they just happen too much and the last one band pull-aparts This is another one where uh, the stabilization effects of the bands really shines. In terms of building shoulder stability, this is another movement that was crucial in my recovery. Use this one with my clients, actually, so that they're more body aware if their shoulder's retracted or not. This gives you that full control of your shoulder girdle and awareness of exactly what the rotator cuff is doing throughout any kind of movement. So there you have it. If you don't have resistance bands, go out and grab some. They're going to come in handy. Even if you just have a few minutes throughout the day, it doesn't even have to be a full-blown workout. You could use them as a finisher before bed. If you heard of Rich Piana or follow him, you could do these feeder workouts before bed. That's what he called them. Just like a quick little five-minute pump whenever you feel like hitting the bands. That's pretty great. I mean, you don't even need to warm up. Just do the exercises, maybe work in a higher rep range, learn how to push that blood into the muscle and work on the mind-to-muscle connection with the bands, and that could translate to, again, more gains, better health, better control and stabilization, and all that good stuff. And that concludes episode 82 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.